marks of a theologian, according to Martin Luther, are oratio, prayer, meditatio, meditating on scripture, and tentatio, suffering and facing temptation. Well, the lingering cold that you've probably noticed in my voice over the past few weeks will qualify for tentatio, and some have said that this podcast doesn't have a prayer, so that leaves meditatio. And so studying scriptures is our topic today, featuring a Bible software developer, and yes, even a Bible tech tip. Sound impossible? Sound impractical? Sound inappropriate? Stay tuned. But first, David Lang. November 10th was Martin Luther's birthday, and if Luther is known for one thing, it's studying the Bible. Imagine what he would have been able to accomplish if he had had a computer and some good Bible software. Today we have David Lang from Oak Tree Software, makers of Accordance Bible Software. Welcome, David. Thanks, Tim. Could you give us a little history of Oak Tree Software and your products? Um, sure. I, I can't give you much of the early history because I'm a little fuzzy on it. But um, I guess I'll start with uh, with my first exposure to the company, and then I'll kind of fill in backwards and forwards. Um, I first became exposed to um, Accordance and Oak Tree when I was a um, freshman in seminary down here in Orlando. And uh, I was taking a Hebrew course, and, and there was this guy who uh, was in the class with me. And, and I told him I was thinking about buying a computer, and he was a Mac guy, and so he started to evangelize me on the merits of the mm-hmm. Mac. And uh, um, about that time, um, there was a brown bag lunch there at the seminary, and um, and this gentleman was going to be demonstrating this new Bible software. And uh, so... David, my friend, said, hey, you know, come along with me to, to this thing. And so I, I went into this room, um, didn't, couldn't follow a whole lot of what, what this gentleman was doing, but it, uh, it was Roy Brown, and my, uh, now my boss, the founder of the company. And, uh, he was demonstrating an early prototype of Accordance. It wasn't released for another couple of years after that, but, uh, as I watched, watched him, and to, to see Roy doing a demo is um, is always infectious because he's he's very enthusiastic about um, about his software and, and uh, um, gets really excited and animated about it. And uh, I watched this guy doing these um, these complex Greek searches. I think it would only do Greek at the time. And I thought to myself, man, this is you know what I want to be able to do with a computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that kind of nudged me um, over the edge into getting a Mac, and then I still had to wait a couple of years before Accordance came out. Sure. And um, about the time that uh, that Accordance came out, um, I got a job uh, with a church, and um, I was writing and needed some Bible study software. And uh, so I got the church to, to buy Accordance for me and sent in my registration, and they noticed that I lived here in town and um, asked me if I wanted to come help out so I've been working with them for about 10 years now now to kind of that's my own um, introduction to to Oak Tree but um, the company actually started several years before that Um, they had uh, Roy had originally um, been the developer of a Bible program in the early days of the Mac called Perfect Word and uh it eventually got bought out by Zondervan and uh, and was relabeled as Mac Bible. And um, he did that for, for several years, and then um, I'm not sure exactly the details. Of, uh, well, I, I guess 
Sonderman and bought him out. So, um, so he stopped working on it and, um, and started some other projects, started working on uh, a program called Accession for, um, museum collections management. It's you know, used by museums to keep track of all their collections. And, um, and as he was doing that, he started learning, um, object oriented programming and, and, uh, was able to do more powerful things than he could do before. And, um, about that time, a, uh, a Greek scholar that, uh, that he knows, and, um, that's been an associate of ours for a long time named Rex Coivisto at, at Multnomah, um, started putting a bug in, in Roy's ear about creating a Mac version of, that would run the, um, Gram Chord grammatically tagged Greek and Hebrew database. Mm-hmm. And so that's how he got started working on accordance, and that's about the time that, that I met Roy. Since then, um, we, when we first released Accordance, we, uh, it was basically a specialized product for scholars. Uh, it, um, allowed you to search the Greek and the, um, the Greek and eventually the Hebrew and display it in parallel with, um, English translation. And about all we had back then, I think, was the ASV, the King James, and maybe the RSV as, as English translation. So it, um, it was, pretty limited to start out with, but the things that it did for scholars were, were revolutionary. Oh, yeah. And, um, and since that time, we've just continued to add to the product and um, try to add features that would be of use to, um, um, to scholars and pastors and, and eventually tried to, to make it accessible to everybody. So that's kind of, um, it's probably longer than, than the brief history you asked for, but, <laughs> um, that's a, in a nutshell, where where oak trees come from. Okay, you mentioned uh, the sort of focus on pastors and scholars, and is who do you see specifically benefiting from this software? Well, I think anybody who uses a Mac um, can benefit from Accordance, but obviously the the people that are going to um, benefit the most are the ones that um, that use software every day to do. Um, to do research or sermon preparation or lesson preparation, that sort of thing. Um, accordance, you know, it's not it's not a free product, and there are good free products that are out there. Um, so, you know, for the person that's just wanting to to look up a verse every now and then, um, you know, accordance may not be worth the investment. But uh, for people who who do in depth Bible study and who need the kinds of features that accordance provides. Um, it quickly pays for itself. Sure. Now, some of our people listening are Windows users. Why should they care about Accordance? <laughs> uh, why should they care about Accordance? Well, they they need to know what they're going to buy when they switch to the Mac. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, that's kind of tongue in cheek, but uh, but that's one of the reasons that um, I'm real enthusiastic about Accordance is that uh, it's it takes advantage of the of the Mac interface and um and it makes difficult things uh, easy to do. And um I think that that even Windows users uh you can run accordance in emulation and, and some uh, we have quite a few people who do that. Mm-hmm. And they do it because um they can do some of the things that they need to do um more easily than they can with Windows software, even uh given the the innate hassles of dealing with an emulator and uh, and some of the complications that that provides. It's still worth it to them 
as opposed to using the Windows software that's out there. Sure, and with uh, Macintosh moving toward uh, Pentium chips or whatever Intel is going to have at that point, um, that might really open up some possibilities. I know that some people are already running OS 10 on PCs. Uh, it's not entirely legal, I guess, but um, it is possible. Right. Well, I I do hope at the very least that you know the Intel transition will make it a little easier for people to to make the switch without feeling like they have to learn a whole new vocabulary. Okay, what's a G3, G4, G5 chip, mm-hmm. and you know all of that, all of those things that have been so different about the Mac, um, you know, have have made it harder for Mac evangelists to kind of sell the Mac because you you got to educate people that much more as sure. to what the difference is. So. So I do hope that it'll reduce some of the barriers to switching. And, and I'm, I've really been pleasantly surprised in the last couple of years how much of a movement there seems to be toward the Mac. You know, with, uh, with all the spyware and, um, and virus headaches that, that Windows users are dealing with, people are just getting fed up and they're, they're switching. Yeah. I can't imagine having to deal with that stuff on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> I can't even. So talking about, uh, sort of platforms and, and Bible software in general, is there anything unique about Accordance that really separates it and makes it stand apart from other Bible software? Yeah, um, I'd say the the biggest thing that's um, that's different about Accordance is that we use a different metaphor for for the fundamental interface of the software. Um, you know, most Bible programs basically um, try to replicate books in software. And so you end up with, you know, a window that contains a book, and then if you want to view two books side by side, say two different translations, you have to open two separate windows. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want to search a book, you have to open a dialog box. You know, everything that the computer does so well that, that adds to the ability to access that information that the book contains is sort of left as an afterthought rather than you know, being integrated into the software from the very beginning. And with accordance, we use a concordance metaphor. We basically start with the assumption that, look, if you're using Bible software, you know, the main thing you want to do is be able to um, to search and find the content that you need. And so um, rather than, than having a search dialog box that um, you open up at occasional times and you perform your search and then your results end up somewhere else and and you can sometimes get confused as to, okay, well, how did I get this particular result or or just the hassle of having to go through extra hoops just to be able to do a search. Uh, With Accordance, we have all of that in the top part of the window, um, of every Accordance window, just about. And and you just enter your search and and go. Um, So that's, that's, I think, the biggest difference. And, and to some extent, um, you know, people that are used to the book metaphor when they move to Accordance can, can find Accordance a little disorienting because um, because it is so different. But uh, I, usually once I'm, when I talk to people who are most frustrated, and usually they're the ones that are, are most used to another program, uh, when I show them just a few of the things about, okay, well, this is how the interface is set up. This is, you know this is the interface concept that it revolves around. Then they find it very liberating and, and they're amazed that, um, that it's so easy to use. Um, other differences are 
our amplifying concept where uh, basically you select something, you know, that you want more information about, and then you go to a palette and you choose from all of your available resources. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to open up another resource and then perform a search. And, um, you can just select it and go. And, um, and in, then in other things that make Accordance unique, uh, the, in the beginning, the, the most unique thing about Accordance was its graphical, um, search interface where Roy created a graphical system by which to define complex grammatical um, searches, you know, and you basically just drag and drop elements onto a construct and say, okay, well, here I want a verb followed by a noun within so many words, and they have to agree in gender, number, and case. Uh, Without having to learn a complex scripting language. Just exactly. And, um, I never have to use grep. Right. And... Um, you know that was was really revolutionary back then. Um, since then, there are other programs that have added graphical user interfaces, but they're still very different from uh, from the system that that Roy pioneered. They tend to simply use graphical elements to duplicate things like AND commands and OR commands and, and those kinds of things that are relatively easy to do in text. And they. Um, I, I don't, I've seen some of those systems in their more free form, um, but they're also harder to use and, and a little more confusing. So, so, um, so I still think that, that Accordance has the edge in the graphical department, too. But so those are a few things. I could probably go on, but I'll, I'll stop there. Okay. So, and you also have, you mentioned um, people getting a hang of it and, and learning about it. Uh, you have... Uh, tutorial tip uh, sort of DVDs and things like that available too, right? Yeah, we um, that's something that we released last year. Um, I guess, well, no, it was this year at, at Macworld. And um, and unfortunately, it, uh, it takes a long time to develop that kind of stuff, write out the, um, the demos, you know, um, and training sessions and, and produce them on the DVD. So we didn't get quite as far as we wanted to, but we've got most of the basics covered in the current DVD. Okay. Our intention was to have a, a follow-up DVD ready this this fall, right about now, but uh, we just have had so many different projects that we haven't been able to improve it. So that'll actually get get even better, and, uh, and we'll get more comprehensive. But uh, the people that have, have used it have really benefited from it. Now, would you talk a little bit about... Uh how to get a hold of your software and uh, price structures and, and things like that so people have a sense of what they're dealing with when they're uh, considering purchasing. Sure. Um, well, the the easiest thing to do is to go to accordancebible.com, um, and that's our um, our company website. We we do have other um, other resellers, but but not many. We found that. Um, in most of the reseller relationships that we've had, they, um, um, there aren't enough people that know the Mac and know Mac software to really be able to help people. For instance, like Christian bookstores, um, you know, usually you'll have one, you know, 17 year old kid who may know a little bit about software working there and he's the software guy that they go to ask questions about and he may know absolutely nothing about the Mac and so can't really help help guide people. So 
um, our direct sales and through our website has been um, our best way to to get the word out and uh, and enable people to find us. Um, Zondervan has actually partnered with us and um, produced their own CDs, and so um, and they're much better at dealing with um, with bookstores and, and that sort of thing. So you can actually buy Accordance compatible CD-ROMs produced by other publishers and through other venues. Um, but you'll find everything at AccordanceBible.com. In terms of the the cost structure, it's basically kind of a two-pronged approach. We've got I think it's somewhere upwards of 20 different CD-ROMs now with different kinds of material on it and different um, aimed at different audiences. But um, basically, most people, if you're if you're not interested in um, really doing original language work, and, and by that I mean actually reading the Greek and right. um, and the Hebrew, uh, if you just want to look up the occasional Greek and Hebrew word and that sort of thing. Um, our library CD-ROMs is the one that, that most people will want to start with. And um, and then the other prong is uh, for those who are um, interested in, in Greek and Hebrew and, um, and other ancient languages, um, we have our Scholars Collection CD-ROM. Mm-hmm. And um, we've designed each of our CDs to um, install onto the computer, and they all integrate together. So... Um, the CD-ROMs themselves are, are basically just an avenue for packaging the different materials. Um, but we've tried to package them on separate CD-ROMs so that people don't feel like they have to pay for stuff that they don't really want. You know, most um, Greek or Hebrew scholars aren't that interested in Matthew Henry's commentary. Um, sure. And, you know, most people who who are just studying the Bible for themselves and... Um, wanting to look up the occasional Greek and Hebrew word might be very interested in Matthew Henry's commentary. So um, so that's the reason that we have that kind of two-pronged approach. And then the rest of our CD-ROMs are, um, are, tend to be more specialized um, products like our Bible Atlas or um, our Bible Lands Photo Guide, which is basically a dictionary of geographic sites mentioned in the Bible with photographs. And that uh, timeline, and you know, on and on. We have lots of different things that um, that can be purchased, and most of those are designed to be add-ons. Although we make every Accordance CD-ROM also able to stand alone. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you use a uh, a program like MacSword, a free Bible program for the Mac, but you really want timelines. You know, well, that's fine. You can get the timeline and Accordance. Um, and run just that without having to spend a hundred bucks on a bunch of other stuff that you don't need. Is that okay? You mentioned the atlases, mm-hmm. and and I've the accordance atlas is really very useful. I want you to talk about some of the features of that. Okay. Well, the the really cool thing about the atlas is that it's not just a bunch of static maps. It's it's a software engine that allows you to create your own maps. Um, basically, we if you've ever seen a, a map in an atlas that you know may have um, a base picture and then uh, sort of cellophane overlays of political boundaries or rivers or um, or sites or, or whatever that you can sort of peel off and put on. That's kind of the concept behind our, our atlas. Uh, we have a, a background layer that you choose um, 
basically a, a color scheme you can choose from um, sort of multicolored topographical backgrounds to you know um, more monochromatic backgrounds and, and so on. So you can pick the background colors that you want. You can pick black and white, you know, if you're printing on a black and white printer. And then you can overlay um, sites and regions and routes. Those are each separate layers that you can choose from on the map. And like everything in Accordance, um, you just pick the stuff at the top of the window that you want, and then the changes that you've made are reflected on, in the window itself. Um, so you can build your own maps, and you can um, there you can get as, as complicated as you want. There's a database of site information and route information and region uh, regional boundaries in there that you can tweak and modify, change the colors and uh, sizes and fonts and everything, and, and completely customize the map. And that stuff is all searchable. And it's all searchable, um, which is the other really cool thing about. Uh, the atlas. You can select a place name in the Bible text and then click on the map button and it'll um, find every occurrence of that place name on the map. Um, and then you can double click on place names on the map and go to other resources. That's um, uh, the flexibility that you have in, in being able to amplify from one resource to the next. So, um, and we've been chomping at the bit to, uh, we're actually we developed the Atlas, uh, I think we released it in 1998. Um, and we've, with each upgrade of Accordance, we've sort of added little tweaks and new features that, that have enhanced the Atlas, but we haven't really had a major upgrade of the Atlas since that time. And uh, we're now working on a new Atlas CD-ROM that'll have high-resolution data. Um, back then, we we got the highest-resolution data that we could get, but, um, but it's when you zoom in close, it gets kind of pixelated. And, well, it gets very pixelated compared to what we have now. Um, but the new high-resolution data is just absolutely gorgeous. And, um, and it allows you to do things like um, zoom in right on Jerusalem, and you can see um, the Hill of David and then um, the western um, cliff that's known as Mount Zion. And you can see the, the three valleys, the Tyrapean and the Cadron and um, the Hinnom Valleys and so on, and that you just couldn't do before because we just couldn't get that level of detail before. And then we're going to be adding things like um, uh, modern political boundaries and uh, and uh, new uh, new routes and, and other events on the on the map. So it's it's going to be a major upgrade. And again, we we had hoped to have it out by now, but um, but that's going to be coming sometime early next year. Other new stuff coming down the pike? Yeah, we just released a bunch of new stuff, and um, I, uh, I've i been so busy working on some of it that I'm not even um, completely up to date on all the new stuff that's been released. One of the the most exciting things for scholars, um, and at this point in the year, um, I'm going to be leaving Friday for um, the Society for Biblical Literature uh, conference. And it's basically a a conference we go to every year for Bible scholars, and um, and it's it's also uh, preceded by ETS, which is the Evangelical Theological Society. So they're evangelicals. Um, they're primarily the first three days, and then um, the last four days it's scholars of every stripe and persuasion. 
So we usually release um, our scholarly uh, materials to coincide with that particular show. So right now we've released a bunch of stuff that uh, that's mainly aimed at scholars, but uh, some of those are, are new. Um, we partnered with the German Bible Society to um, create, uh, I'm going to butcher the German, but it's the Max Studienbibel, and um, it's the basically the Mac Study Bible, and um, it's a Mac counterpart to um, a product on the PC side called the Stuttgart Electronic Study Bible, and uh, it's got um, it's got some things that are are geared toward a German audience, but the thing that's geared toward everybody, um, everybody in terms of those who are interested in um, scholarly material. Mm-hmm are um, the critical apparatuses for both the um, Nestle Elan 27th edition Greek text and then the uh, the BHS Hebrew text. So uh, that's something that we've been wanting to offer for a long time for those who are interested in text-critical kinds of issues. Now they'll, um, they'll have those, those two official apparatuses. We do have some other um, textual resources available, too, uh, that we've had for, I guess, about a year or two now. But... But these are the official apparatuses that, um, that most people are familiar with. Then um, we just released a new version of our scholars collection, and there's all kinds of um, grammatically tagged Greek and Hebrew um, materials. Like uh, we've, we've now got the Codex Biza, um, which was the, the Greek text that was an early Greek text used by the Reformers, named after uh, Biza, who I, I guess was the original owner of it. And um, then the Apocryphal Gospels, we've got tagged in Greek. We've got the Pseudepigrapha and Josephus and Philo. All of these are new tag texts that that you can now search and um, and do comparative kinds of studies um, with the New Testament Greek. And then we've got um, Ross's Biblical Hebrew Grammar that's just been released. So just lots of, lots of stuff for uh, on a scholar and other things. Um, Something with a little more popular appeal that was just released is the Erdman's reference CD-ROM. And um, now got all eight volumes of the Pillar New Testament commentary, which is a, a really solid um, scholarly level commentary. Uh, some of the contributing authors are uh, D.A. Carson and Leon Morris and, and Douglas Moo, I think all of which are out of um, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there are some other uh, names that I'm less familiar with. But, so that's the stuff that we just got out of the um, out the door. And then we've got lots of other stuff in the pipeline. Uh, word biblical commentaries coming. Uh, let's see what else. We've got the New International Greek Testament commentary, which is going to be uh, coming out pretty soon. Um, we're working with uh, Word Search and Kirkbride to. Um, to bring the newest edition of the Thompson Chain Reference Bible to Accordance, and uh, all kinds of new goodies coming. Sounds like something to deplete any biblical scholar's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not too much. <laughs> like you, scholar in a candy store. Yep. Anything else you'd like to add at this point? Oh, I don't know. Um, I, just kind of on a personal note, um, you know, I'm, I mentioned this uh, the scholars conference. We basically do about two conferences a year, and um, 
One of them is, is Macworld in San Francisco, and then one of them is, is the Scholars Conference. And um, we used to do Macworld New York, too, before it was um, kind of had the rug pulled out from under it by Apple. Yeah. But um, but those are our big shows that we release new product at. And um, I'm glad that I don't have to do too many shows during the year because I'm basically a homebody. But um, But it's always sort of reinvigorating to go to these things uh, because I get the chance to uh, to demonstrate accordance to people and show them some of the stuff that we've been working on. And um, Oh, and I, I didn't even mention version 7, which will um, be a major new upgrade that will be coming in the spring. And so um, we get to go to these shows and actually show off some of the stuff that, that we've been doing uh, and to see uh, the reactions of, of people as they um, they see some of the things that you know they know are going to save them time and effort, and uh, or just let them do cool things they can't do on Windows. Um, and uh, so that's always kind of reinvigorating because we spend most of the year working on all this stuff and, and don't get to see, um, with the exception of, of the feedback that we get from people that um, don't get to to see the reaction. So. So this is always fun, and I'm looking forward to that coming up in the next week. Okay, you can find Accordance, again, at accordancebible.com, and there's you can download the demo, try it out before you buy it, take a look at the different pricing options and things like that to figure out exactly what you need. Oaktree has great customer service if you have questions about what exactly you need or what exactly is included in something if you're not sure. And you guys have, uh, like, flash demos on your site too, don't you? Uh, yeah, we do. We have one for English Bible studies and then one that focuses on the Greek and Hebrew stuff. So you can even check it out without actually downloading it to get a sense of the the layout of it. Or if you're a Windows user and uh, you're wondering about exactly how this works and are, have, are not really into emulators, but you'd like to find out more about it, that's an option too. All right, David, thank you for joining us today. All right. Thanks, Dale. And now it's time for the product suggestion of the week. Today's suggestion is a bit more technical and more difficult to implement, but here goes. I'd like to see a microphone, preferably a lapel mic, that broadcasts on an FM frequency so driving dads, or dads sitting in the passenger seat up front, can use the car sound system for catechesis on the go. The way it works is that Dad turns on the microphone and sets the radio to a given frequency, as dictated by the microphone. When he talks, his voice is picked up by the car's radio and amplified throughout the car's sound system so the kids can hear him in back. Now, he'd probably have to turn the fader all the way to the back to avoid feedback, but that makes sense anyway. He doesn't need to hear his own voice. That way, he can catechize his children without turning around to talk to the kids in the back seat. Technology gives us so many ways to be in God's Word. The entire Bible is available in MP3 form as audio from audiotreasure.com. You can give it to others to listen to. It's all free. You can pass on the link to them or burn it to CDs and give them the CDs. You can pass out a link each day or two via email to a good online Bible study you might find, or a devotional. All of these are great ways to be in God's Word using the technology that He's given to us. This podcast is brought to you free of charge. 
That said, my wife and I are hoping to adopt an orphan or two from Ethiopia, hopefully by the end of 2006, to give them a Christian home, and are raising money to make that possible. If you would like to help make that happen, you can make a donation, purchase through our affiliate links, or send us your used inkjet cartridges. You can find more information at www.myheartsjoy.com, and while any and all help is appreciated, you're under absolutely no obligation. I'm happy to make this available to all regardless and appreciate you listening. Next week on Lutheran Weekly, we'll have with us Phyllis Locke, one of the founders of Living Way Bible Study, a unique but soundly scriptural approach to studying scriptures. And as always, a tech tip and suggestion of the week. Well, that closes the book on another Lutheran Weekly. Remember that you can post comments on our forums at lcmspastor.com slash forum and ask questions of upcoming guests. Your questions will be read on the air during the interview. If you'd like to leave a voicemail to be aired on the show, you may call 206-339-7909 to leave a message. Thank you, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.